Welcome to the Coach and Doc podcast, hosted by Coach Chris Cutcliffe and Dr. Hunter Taylor. Our mission is to bring you insight from the best of the best in the coaching profession. If you'd like to learn more about the work we do at Coach and Doc, please visit our website, www.coachanddoc.com. Our next guest is T Mac Howard, founder and executive director of Delta Streets Academy in Greenwood, Mississippi. Now, Delta Streets is a Christian boys' school that was established in 2012 when Coach Howard, as he's often called, decided to take a leap of faith and turn an after-school tutoring program into a fully functioning high school. His commitment has paid off as Delta Streets is now in its 11th year of existence and includes a middle school along with a highly competitive sports program. T-Mac is a gifted leader who, along with his wife Megan and their four children, are modeling a life of selfless service, unconditional love, and plenty of fun along the way too. An extraordinarily busy person, I was so excited that he created time to hop on and do this. And I hope you enjoy this episode with T-Mac Howard of Delta Streets. What room are you in? My office. Okay. No, just my office. I was expecting to see like a framed jersey or something like that up. Oh, it's coming, dude. It's just not here yet. I need Northwest Rankin, like 2002. Yeah, 2000. It'll be your it'll be your framed uh, jersey, you know. <laughs> How you been, man? I'm good, dude. How about yourself? I'm good. Have y'all y'all are, right yeah. here? Yeah, this is perfect. Awesome. Hey, y'all are rolling now, right? Oh yeah, dude, full speed. Well, dude, you're awesome for doing this. I'm gonna be respectful of your time. I'm gonna we're gonna dive right in then. Cool. Let's do it. All right. So first question I got for you for somebody that has no feel. They've never heard of T Mac Howard. They've never heard of Delta Streets. Tell me what is Delta Streets Academy and what's your role? Yep. So Delta Streets Academy is a uh, all boys school here in the Mississippi Delta, located in Greenwood, Mississippi. Uh, we were seventh through twelfth grade, uh, but we just added sixth grade this year, which is exciting. And so now we're sixth through twelfth grade with the hopes of adding a lower grade each year. Um, we max out at 20 guys in a class, in a grade. And so at the moment, we could have 140 guys is our capacity. Uh, we're uh, As of today, we have 99 guys in the school. Mm-hmm. And so uh, obviously there's room for uh, growth and uh, more students. Um, and, uh, and then so Delta Streets Academy, our mission is to equip young men through a Christ-centered discipline education. So that Christ-centered part is huge in what we do. Uh, I mean, it's, it's the ultimate reason why we are doing what we do. And then the discipline part is what um, uh, we use to, to help execute that and, and, uh, and challenge the guys. Everything we do uh, revolves around that. Uh, and then uh, we do that in four components. So uh, we uh, try to pursue high achievement academics, uh, a biblical worldview, a competitive athletic environment, and then character development. And so th- if it doesn't fit in any one of those four things um, or in into a Christ-centered or discipline education, we, we probably won't entertain it uh, for girls. And, and so there's just a monster need for male leadership here in the Delta and uh, even more so in Greenwood. How did you kind of like diagnose that of like, because I mean, it kind of goes to like, hey, the concept, the progressions, because you first started like tutoring. Right. That's right. Yeah. 
And like, was when you were tutoring, was that just for boys? And then it just was like, Hey, I think we're on to something. And like, I'd like to focus just on, just on boys for this time. Cause I've noticed there's a need for male leadership in this context. Is that men that I hung around, they, they mentored me and whether it's my uh, youth pastors or my coaches or, I mean, you name it, like, uh, to where, uh, did an internship down in New Orleans uh, at Desire Street, and they had an all boys school, and it mm-hmm. just like it just uh, it sounded uh, it sounded good, and, and it just seemed right, and and so we've kind of modeled everything we've done after, after what Mo Leverett started down there. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, when I came back from that internship in 2005, I wasn't like planning on like starting a, a school, uh, you know my focus was going to be to go get a teaching degree and then go teach in an at-risk area in Mississippi. How large is your team? So full-time staff, like teachers, we, we have uh, like 10 and then there's a couple of part-time teachers, two or three. And then, you know, there's a kitchen manager, director of development, uh, another lady that helps with that. And then our guidance counselor, and then me and our principals. So, I mean, like, it's probably 16 or 17 total when you add it up. And how many students do y'all serve each year? Uh, we're at 99 this year. The goal was, like, 115, realistically. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, like, we'll have 10 seniors this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's, like, uh, 13 juniors, and then it kind of drops off. 10th grade class has 20 guys. 9th grade class has 19 guys. And then it kind of peters out. 8th graders have 11 guys. In it. And, and I'm a little biased, right? Like, if you had a young man and uh, you couldn't afford, you know, another option, like, why you wouldn't pay $75 to come here just blows my mind. And so all those people have some reason for it, right? No, no, no. So, like, that's the next question. Then it was, like, who gets to come? How do you get to come? Yep. And, and so just got to be a boy. That's the only uh, requirement. Uh, right. And, and uh, you is know, it geographically? Start, like, is it one of those deals like you've got to be a Greenwood resident? Can I, uh, I mean, you can come I can from drive Cleveland. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you come from wherever, you know, Carroll okay. County. Uh, we got a couple of guys that come from Holmes County. Yeah. Uh, and uh, now they do have to get here on their own. We don't have transportation. Uh, and, so, and so that's the one thing that limits some of that. Right. Uh, and, uh, but, uh, but yeah, so you just have to, to be a boy and, uh, um, and then you just got to get your application in before everybody else, you know? Mm-hmm. What's the fee? What, what, uh, so it's $75 a month. Okay. How long have y'all been operating as a full, as a school? Yep. Uh, 2012 is when we started opening the doors. So August of 2012. So this is August two, 2023. So I guess 11 years. It's pretty incredible. Crazy stuff. All right. Let's go to the origin story now then. All right. So like, you're in college, Mississippi State. Okay. Yep. Go dogs. Go dogs. And you're studying. I am representing the hogs right here for my wife. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> so, but talk about kind of like what you're thinking as an undergrad, um, you're studying, and then how that transition happens to first couple of jobs and then leading into what you're doing now. I think that's super interesting. Yeah, so uh, I grew up in the reservoir community uh, in Rankin County, just a suburb of Jackson, for those that don't know, and uh, pretty posh, right? Like my mom and dad, we didn't lock our doors at night. We left our keys in the car type deal. I mean, just like it was like, it was awesome, right? I went to a very functional, uh, uh, really high-quality public school at Northwest Rankin and just kind of did what uh, 
I just assumed uh, everybody did is you just go where your dad went to college. And so my dad went to Mississippi State, and I was a big fan, so I went to Mississippi State. I mean, I didn't, I don't even know if I even like applied. I just assumed I was just going to Mississippi State, and obviously somewhere in there I did, but I didn't like apply for other schools or scholarships or anything like that. Got to Mississippi State, and uh, I mean, really wasn't sure what I was going to do. I love ball, and so uh, being connected to ball when I got done with college, it was going to be like maybe turf grass management. So Mississippi State has a good turf grass mm-hmm. management field, so I was going to go study how to grow grass and dirt and make work on a, a major league baseball field. Uh, got in there uh, before classes, and they started telling us what we were going to have to study, and like I was going to have to learn about like trees and bushes and all that and I, was like, Dude, I just want dirt and grass i was like this is i'm not int- i'm not like a biologist right and so i was like forget that so I, I went undeclared my freshman year not really sure what i was doing uh had the opportunity to um go to new orleans mo Leverett, a guy who started desire street ministries uh in the ninth ward in new orleans uh he came up and uh i, I was at a, uh, a campus ministry ruf and he came and did some singing and then uh, shared what he did and then kind of like pitched it of, hey, if anybody's interested in a summer, summer internship, you know, let me know. And uh, and so at that point, it was like, cool, go down, work in New Orleans, help this ministry out and, uh, you know, tutor some kids that are going to his school to get them prepared, you know, whatever. Uh, went and did that. And it, it like, uh, I joke with people, it like ruined my life uh, to where uh, the reservoir community was going to be the last place I'd ever live now. Right. Why? Uh, Why? It, uh, so he, uh, he went through like five different Bible studies with us and, and it was stuff on like, uh, uh, what does it look like? Uh, the poverty mandate. So he has like through the, through looking at the Bible, there's like, he would say there's the poverty mandate or racism. So he went through the Bible and talked about racism and, uh, and so one of the Bible studies he talked on um, Matthew 25 and then Isaiah 58, and they pretty much say the same thing. And, and like, I'm, I'm not like a Bible scholar, so like I haven't like read the whole book of Isaiah and done like a study on it. So I'm just going off of what he, he shared with us. And so in Isaiah 58, it talks about, hey, this is what true fasting looks like. And it's to uh, feed the hungry, uh, visit those who are in prison, uh, you know, help the sick, uh, you know, all this list, right? And then in Matthew 25, Jesus says, uh, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was in prison, you visited me, and so on and so on. Uh, and then the disciples were like, well, dude, Jesus, we've never seen you hungry or naked. We haven't done any of that. And he's like, uh, if you've done to the least of these, you've done to me. And, and, you know, growing up in a Christian home and being a Christ follower, my ultimate goal, uh, and I, I do a really bad job of it on a regular basis, but my goal is to like serve Jesus. And he, he gave me a really good blueprint in Isaiah 58 and Matthew 25. And Mo just kind of like lit that on fire to where, um, where I grew up, people weren't hungry. People weren't needing clothes. They sure as heck weren't going to jail. And if they did, you didn't want to go talk to them. And, and so, um, you know, I wanted I wanted to go where that that is right, and so plenty of work to serve Jesus here in Greenwood, and uh, and and I originally. So, anyways, I, I left New Orleans and kind of had this like just my whole paradigm was just changed, and and so changed my major to math ed because I knew I wanted at that point if I was going to go live in inner city Jackson or the Mississippi Delta, uh, it was going to have to be I was going to have to like teacher coach because that was the only industry I really knew of to be able to do that, and so. Uh, I like math, so I was a math guy. 
and then uh, moved to Jackson in uh, the spring of 2008. And uh, that's where I met you, right? Mm-hmm. You remember uh, that one lonely night on a track? Uh, and uh, I guess it might have been it was either the Lanier or Provines track. We're out there going to middle school track. And uh, next thing you know, we're talking to each other. And it's like, what in the world are you doing here? And you were looking at me like what I was doing here. And uh, uh, we were there for the same reason, you know? Absolutely. It was pretty competitive, too. I'm not going to lie. No, that's like, fair. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, uh, that's exactly right. Well, you you were definitely more involved than I was. I was only there for a semester, so I barely even knew my kids' name that were running on the track team, right? When, like, you had been coaching for two years and, like, basketball, winning championships in the city and all that, to where I, I was there for a semester and then I left, and Greenwood High offered me the head baseball job and to teach algebra one all day. And so I was like, I could do both of those things. And, and yeah. so I uh, moved to Greenwood that, that summer of 2008 and have been here ever since. That's the the surreal part too, is like we're having those conversations. You don't meet too many people that can articulate what they'd like to do over the long course of their life and why they want to do it at the age of 22, 23, and then to now be way older than that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, You know, of like to be able to look and say like you did it. And so that's such a, uh, it commands respect. And so um, I'd say, when you, once you did Jackson, you were coaching also at Greenwood High. How long were yep. you at Greenwood? Two years. So I uh, taught math and helped out with football and coached baseball uh, my first year and then just did baseball my second year. Okay. Okay. All right. So I think the next thing I remember I wrote down in my notes because I think you, you do like the greatest job of articulating this. It's super easy to romanticize the work you do. And it's it's gotten to a point too where like like uh, your reputation's compounded so much these last few years, where like like I say that in a complimentary way, like people speak about you in a in a in a heightened sense, you know, just like that you're just this virtuous person that's doing all wonderful things. But like, what does your day actually look like when people want to talk about? their interest in this, but then also like it demystifies the process. Like people don't see like what it actually is of like how time consuming it is, what type of tasks that come in front of your, in front of your lens every hour, every minute. Um, I know you have a great team. I know you have an unbelievable family, but it's still like, what does it actually look like to, to do what you do? First of all, that was Megan's going to throw up when she hears that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, well, I didn't say that I speak about you. That <laughs> I said I've noticed some others do. So Megan, that, Megan knows I'm a truth teller. That's why. I'm no, we're, we're so, and, and so you didn't tell the truth right there, right? They, yeah. uh, my, my buddies, uh, they love, and even my, my brothers, they love yeah. that I run Delta Streets because they know I'm not like no one else. Like when when a head head of school job opens, nobody's like is calling me to come be the head of school, right? Like the only reason I'm the head of school at Delta Streets is because I started Delta Streets. Like if, if you want to be the head of something, the best way to do it is just start it yourself and then you, you're the head of it, right? Uh and, and so uh and, and, and it's by God's grace that like we've sustained it. Now I will say this and and, and uh uh 
it's the first time I heard this was two years ago, and I've never really been to put a, a finger on it, but people ask all the time, like now, you know, 10, 12 years into this, and we've been sustainable to where like, you know, we can pay our teachers this month, right? Uh, that, that's a big deal for us. Like if we couldn't do that, we'd have to shut down. And, uh, uh, and there was times where that was always, you know, not the case. It was a little rocky or whatever, uh, financially. Um, and, and people come and say, man, like ultimately when they ask, how do you do this? They're asking, how do you keep it afloat financially without not being supported by the government or by, by one big foundation or something like that? And, uh, the mayor, and I'm going to go blank on his name, which is horrible, uh, in, uh, uh Mobile, uh, he said there's two things, uh, that, uh, you need to, to be a, a leader uh, to where uh, things will follow. And, and he said, it's ultimately, it's uh, commitment. You just got to be committed. And if you're committed, human capital will follow, which is, you know, for us, that's people, obviously. And, and then financial capital will follow. And that's the one thing that I can say uh, when we started way back in the day, uh, that people that supported Delta Streets, uh, they knew that we were committed, right? And, and at the very beginning, it was, it was just me, right, and our board. Uh, and then as we continue to grow, our teachers, uh, you know, like our first teachers were volunteers at Delta Streets, two men, and they came on to teach. And, uh, and so they got to see, you know, my commitment to, if that was waking up, uh, to go, you know, get the, the van and then get the food and do, do pretty much everything to make sure it was ready to roll. Uh, that commitment, uh, you know, I think is, is what has allowed that God is used to just bless because, uh, you know, I don't read books like you. I, I definitely don't write books like you, right? Took to where I'm, I'm not like, uh, scholarly and I, I'm just one of those, like, uh, I'd much rather go like help. Uh, move someone's furniture than uh, read a book. Uh, and, and uh, but just that commitment to willing to at what, whatever cost, you know, do it. And, and unfortunately, sometimes that that leaves my family high and dry. And, and Megan has felt that. Right. And so uh, and I've kind of seen other people do it to know. Uh, so so I, we don't do near as much as I would want at Delta Streets. Uh, and that's just to try to be you know, somewhat fair to my family. Uh, but at the same time, there is times where like I'm up here uh, doing something that has to be done and, and it's just a, a, a committed deal, you know, not necessarily skilled at it, just committed, you know, and I don't know if that's even answering what you're talking about. Uh, but, no, but, some uh, of the examples you mentioned are, yeah, like the waking up early, like responsible for this part of transportation, responsible of making sure that, you know, all of the things that have to happen in a school day, that they work, that they're on, that it's timely, um, that parents are aware of everything, that they, all of the things. And then you're talking about all of the teachers' needs that serve, right, of all of the things that they need in order to be great in the classroom with their students and to do their job effectively. Like, it's a ton. To see that in small snapshots like I have when I visited before, then to also hear you talk about it. But I'd also like to make the point I think one of your greatest strengths is you always deflect praise really well with humor and you have these lines about like what you actually do and no one else would hire you. But, and I think that's a great skill that you always do because then everybody feels this shared bond towards you and that it's a we thing that's going on. But I also remember being at certain things when people privately in a corner were like, don't get it twisted. Like that's a one-on-one guy. Like he's unique in the commitment that he's 
shown and demonstrated and his family's demonstrated like it commands respect. And so I will tell you that part. Can you kind of articulate a little bit more of this, though, with like a family's perspective? Like when somebody thinks about doing something grand and and, and something that like other people would say, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think you can do that. I don't think that's wise. But you really want to make a go. And it can be a school district, but it can be a, a business, whatever it may be, whatever your grand dream goal is. Talk about what that's also like from the family perspective, like your family in your house with, with Megan and the boys and how y'all communicate as a, as a pair. Yeah. Um, and so I have done a really good job of that and, and uh, to where uh, it's not as if uh, Megan is synonymous with Delta Streets. Uh, as as my name is, and and some people would say that that's possibly healthy, uh, uh, but it can cause a little uh, you know conflict, resentment, whatever. Because just what you just said about that, it's not like people unless they know Megan, and then if they know Megan, they know like those things would really be like uh, true for her because uh, the sacrifice she's made to stay home with our boys and live where we live. And uh, the salary that we make—I mean, all, all those things—you uh, know—on the outside world, people don't know all that. And and, and so, uh, you know, it, it's uh, there's a, a, a monster commitment to, uh, you know, the families of, of uh, the people that are in leadership roles. And, and I think that goes in, in any scenario, right? I mean, we just had. Uh, Stephen Makeupson, uh, he's, he's like a, a coach's coach. Uh, I think he's a live coach as well, but I, we got him to come on. So our three coaches that are on staff right now, they're all either 25 or 26. And one of them is, uh, married with a one year old. One of them's married. One of them's engaged. So they're all really young in their, their life. And I, I told Mako, look, I don't care about X's and O's. I need you to make sure they know they have to put their family first. And if that means losing basketball games, that's okay. Because in the grand scheme of things, it's not worth winning state championships and being divorced when you're 40, right? Uh, and, and and I don't know. I mean, Megan would probably say, and, and I would agree with her, I didn't do a very good job of that at the very beginning. I have, have slowly gotten a little bit better, I think. She would maybe disagree a little bit on that. But uh, uh, And then there is the nature of, like, uh, if you're going to coach basketball – uh, you're going to get home at 11 o'clock at night. And if he teaches a first period class, he's going to wake up at 630 and come to school. Right? Like somewhere in there, that's just the nature of the, the beast. And, and and we would hope as you know leadership, if we see that happening on the regular, to tell him not to come in until 10 o'clock and just cover his first two classes so that he can eat breakfast with his wife, or, you know, whatever it is to kind of cultivate that to where, uh, you know, uh, but it's just being intentional and, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's uh, families don't get near the credit they deserve for the grind. Uh, now, I'm fortunate our three oldest ones are boys. And so, like, if I'm coming up here, like, running cable for the Internet, they're just playing hide-and-go-seek in the school, right? So, I mean, they, they're here at the school. Not everybody has a, the, the freedom for that, you know what I'm saying, uh, yeah, with where yeah. they work. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, I um, – yeah, um, yeah. And I'll, once again, I'll, that might not have been where you were asking. No, that was really good. I'll go with the next one I wrote down was just like when you're looking more at the trajectory of Delta Streets and you're looking back just in the last 10 years, what were almost like some turning points in the journey 
you know, or breakthroughs, if you will, or key hires that you're like, man, this took us to another. It gave me greater peace that like, yeah, this is going to be a long-term thing. Cause I know you believe it, but like it, it helps when you have those moments, like, right, like year three, year eight, whatever it may be of like, this was so crucial for us to have this, whatever it is, um, to help us for, for more, uh, more effectiveness, more efficiency, and more of a long-term feel. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if anybody's ever really ever asked me that. To, um, uh, I, I think for, for me personally, where I've been the most encouraged and just been like, man, this is, this is, this is good and we got to keep grinding, right? Uh, is uh, just when phenomenal people keep coming to want to work here. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I am just extremely fortunate uh, that we just have, wicked solid people that come and uh, teach and uh, are principals and, and that coach and that volunteer. And I mean, it, it's one of those deals where uh, the social network that God has uh, blessed Delta streets with. And, and I think part of that is, uh, I mean, he's just blessed me with uh, it just like, it just makes it to where you just can't be encouraged. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like to, to where, uh, if it's a church coming up to help hang ceiling tile or uh, a coach that turns down another job that's more paying and not as going to be as hard to move here to Greenwood to come teach and go to Delta Streets, like you just can't not be encouraged by that. You know what I'm saying? And then, of course, like, um, and, and this is probably shallow, but it, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, when I go to the PO box and there's like a $10,000 check or a $5,000 check or a $100,000 check, like it's just hard not to know that God's not behind it with that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, mm-hmm. Even when like we've done some stupid stuff and we've done a bunch of stupid stuff here that he still is putting it on people's heart to help financially. Uh, you know, cause I lay in bed. I'm like, man, why is he still providing funds financially? If, you know, if we're not doing what we're supposed to on the days that I'm questioning whether it's even working, what we're doing right. Uh, but to know that like money's still coming in and people are still praying for Delta streets, it's like, uh, you know, you know, there's a, a purpose and all that. And, and our, our donors have been extremely uh, gracious and, and uh, I don't know what the word is like slow to uh, like, it, it's been a slow process, much slower than I was anticipating. And no one is asking, hey, man, I've given like a thousand dollars for the last 10 years. Why don't you have 20 guys in a graduating class yet? Like no one is asking that. I mean, even the guy uh, that gave us a uh, million dollars for the gym and another one point five uh, for the renovation that we're in right now. Uh, I told him on that original million dollar commitment. I tried to talk him out of it because I was like, man, we got 70 guys in the school right now. In five years, we could actually still only have 70 guys. And that's just where I was mentally at that time, right? Just trying to be transparent with him. And he was like, T-Mac, look, uh, if you're doing what I saw you were doing and you stay uh, true to your mission, it's the best million dollars I can spend. And I was like, all right, let's roll, you know? But, and so th- that's the type of stuff that, um, yeah, I, I'm just, it, it's like, uh, it's easy to be encouraged here. You know what I'm saying? Awesome. Let's flip that question too, though in the past 10 or 11 years were like, this was a tough moment or this was a, it felt like a, a, this was just really hard to go through or something like that. That was, it was like a setback 
it was something that it just goes with when you're in charge for doing something that you're committed to for so long. It's not all easy and it's not all checks coming in the mail and people coming to you. Can you, can you articulate one of those moments? Yep. So the, the two biggest uh, areas that that happens and it happens uh, more regularly than I would probably want uh, is with students and then with staff. Right. And, and so uh, with students uh, where they're just making bad decisions. And so we started the year last year with 95 guys and we finished with 75. So 20 guys decided they were not going to stay here. Uh, they didn't want to write the pages. That is always no fun and just miserable, right? Because we know this is the best place for that young man. Definitely if he's like wanting to leave because of the discipline's too much, it's like, man, this is, this is what you need. And to be leaving, to then go back to wherever he's going, that's easier and they're not going to give him consequences for not having his homework or, you know, whatever it is. It, it's, it's like, uh, that, that's just really heavy, right? Uh, uh, to the point where, man, I wish we had this thing full, 140 guys maximizing every dollar and all that. And so that that's just a burden that weighs heavy all the time is we just, uh, yeah, I mean, like our seventh grade class has 15 guys and we got five more spots that we're not filling, right? And of those 15, they all will finish this year, you know? And, and so, uh, and then of course, like, I mean, you can go even darker is, um, you know, Greenwood here in the last three years has had just a massive gun violence and, and Delta Streets has unfortunately been connected to it on both sides. Guys that have been got that have gotten shot and, and uh that have died, which is like uh you know, that's the worst, right? I mean it's like it just um and, and uh guys that we're extremely close to. I mean one of them um I went to go pick him up from the hospital in the, the yellow bus that I bought from Kentucky and I wanted to see him. I knew he was in Memphis and he like literally like six months later, uh, he got murdered and it was all from him doing inter- interacting with the wrong crowd in Greenwood. And when he came here as a seventh grader, I mean, his mom was like doing the best she could to like keep him from, from that. Right. And, and so, uh, you know, that can feel like a monster failure. Right. Uh, and then, I mean, here just recently, we had two guys that started in the seventh grade with us that now both are probably 26 years old, and uh, they both uh, are being charged with murder. And, and so it's like, uh, now I'm not, I don't want to paint a picture as if that's like our normal student, right? But like, uh, no, when it's in close proximity to you, that's different. Yeah. And, and we don't, I mean, that, that's, uh, People aren't talking about that, about Delta Streets, right? You know what I'm saying? So there, there's the reality of like, it's still, it's a grind, right? Uh, and then just with staff, like we've had some staff uh, that have come and uh, just had a hard time with how we operate and with our mission and discipline. Uh, they would probably say that we're, we're not as gracious or merciful as we need to be. And, and that's just not fun to hear because like everybody wants to be gracious and merciful, right? I mean, it's like, that's like a, I hope that's how people would uh, describe me. But at the same time, um, you know, in, in a school setting, if there's not structure and a standard and you hold people to it, it's like, what are we doing? And and, and so uh, to to lose staff or to, to be in, in uh, kind of opposition with, with other people that are both, both of us love Jesus and just see it differently is, is pretty miserable. I mean, that's the one that weighs heavy is on on Megan, because she can tell when like I'm having issues with the staff member, and it just like uh, it just eats her up. Because I mean, uh, she wants 
you know, them to be a fan of Delta Streets and me. And, uh, and there's a lot of people that aren't a fan of me, uh, and, uh, because of how we operate, you know, and, and that's, that's just not fun. Yep. But that's real too. So that's going to happen in leadership. So I'm glad that you shared that. I've got just three more questions for you, then we're rolling. Okay. Yep. So the next one, like doing this to work for as long as you have now, how often is it that people like come to you for advice on starting something? And then if so, like when people do, what do you tell them? <laughs> so what, what's comical is uh, here in the last like three years, it's happened more than uh, like nobody in their right mind has any reason to come ask me about anything. Right. Uh, and uh and these people genuinely, like, they're calling, asking me, because it's like, hey, we want to start a school over in Cleveland, uh, in Bolivar County, or, hey, I'm thinking about doing this in Shreveport, or you name it, right? And it's like, hey, walk me through how you, and uh, as if, like, I'm going to be able to give them some information that's going to help them, right? Uh, and the unfortunate part is, uh, outside of being the, the committed part, uh, you know, I don't really have a good answer for them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the, uh, it, it truly is just a God thing. And, and that, that's not like, that's not helpful, right? Like, uh, they're looking for like tangible things that they can do. And, uh, and a lot of the stuff that happens in Delta Streets is just, uh, like the guy in Dallas that, uh, gave us all that money. Like nobody reached out to him. He, he, he found us. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, 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 and so, uh, uh, you know, yeah, I, it, in that uh, someone's interested in starting something, uh, one, one of the things that I do enjoy that I would say, like, on the Enneagram, I'm not sure exactly what my number is, but let's say it's like a seven or eight. I feel like Megan's told me that before. And that's like, I love being around people, right? So, like, I can come hang out with you tonight and, like, have a blast, right? And then drive right back home. Some people are like, if they would dread to drive and just hang out with anybody, they'd rather just go home. And so having that personality, uh, like I, I'm, I want to be around people. So when I was in Starkville at Mississippi State, like I was a part of multiple different things just because I enjoy being around people. Yep. And it's like not a shocker. Those people now support Delta Streets, yep. right? When I moved to a town, like when I student talked to people, I got plugged into the church not because like I'm game planning for them to like give money one day to Delta streets. Cause Delta streets wasn't even on my radar. It was just like, I genuinely just wanted to be around people and like hear their story and, and do life with them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so because of that, it's like, there's just a lot of people that have supported Delta streets that have no, no business supporting Delta streets uh, when we first got started. Mm-hmm. And uh, so for someone who doesn't have that social network, uh, and people that just are a fan of them and even more of a fan of Jesus and support his mission. It's like, I, I, I really don't have a good answer. I understand. Um, give us a story that you're really proud of that, uh, that's been, that's happened in the walls of your school. Yep. So, uh, I'll give you two real quick, just so it's like, uh, kind of gives the two different trajectories that our students go on. Uh, so in our first uh, graduating class, uh, oh, actually second graduating class, because we started with seven, eight graders. And so those eight graders eventually graduated first. And then the seven graders were like the, the youngest class that we started with. Uh, there was 10 guys in that group and only two graduated. The other eight went back to the local public schools. 
Uh, I mean, they graduated from a local public school, but they didn't graduate with us. Uh, and uh, one of those guys is in dental hygiene school right now here at NDCC doing awesome. It's great. The, the other young man uh, went on to Mississippi State, got a bio, biological degree, and is now at med school down in Jack. But he's in medical school, and it's just like, it's crazy. And so people are like, oh, cool, academics, doctor, all that. But that's not like everybody in our, our deal. And uh, uh, so then another young man who was in the first graduating class, uh, he's probably 26 now. Uh, he drives trucks for America's Catch, which is like a catfish company that like grow catfish and send them all over the United States. Yep. Maybe even the world. So uh, he drives a truck from Greenwood to Minneapolis every week unloading catfish, right? And when he went to go interview for the job, the guy who was hiring him uh, saw Delta Streets on his resume, and he said he knew he was going to be a good employee because he graduated. And, and that might be going to medical school or, or it might be driving trucks for America's Catch. And, and we're, we are stoked for both of those guys, right? Uh, you know, uh, and, and so, I mean, th- those are kind of like two quick stories of like guys that I'm, I'm extremely excited about that they're still, you know, giving back to the community and they're working and like uh, providing service to people. And, and so, uh, yeah. No, I love both of those. Last question then is kind of the next phase that y'all are getting ready to go into from what you can share, like what is the next, what's next for Delta streets? Yeah. So I mean, in, in the immediate future, like let's say the next five years, the hope would be to just uh, continue to add lower grades. Right. So next year we'll add fifth grade and, and my oldest son would hopefully come here and then fourth grade. And then my, my twins would jump in on there and be coming to school with all the other guys from Delta street to where, uh, in a perfect world, in the, finances are there we would keep going until we got to say kindergarten right yeah yep and then we have k through 12 over the next six years right uh and uh and we have the space for it which is cool and uh and, and all that and then like long term and, and and this is where like uh one of our board members Brianna, she says team i just go ahead and say it because in my mind it's almost not realistic but like she's like look if that's if that's what our goal is let's say it and just you know um see what God does is it'd be fun to replicate this in other Delta towns. Uh, I mean, I, it, it genuinely, I, I, I do believe Clarksdale uh, needs a Delta Streets Academy. Uh, Indianola needs a Delta Streets Academy. Uh, now what it looks like and how it operates, you know, I'm not hundred percent sure. Uh, but uh, Greenville, you know, Tunica, I mean, you just name, you can just keep on naming uh, Bell's own, it's, it's like, uh, there are young men all over the Delta that need a Christ centered discipline education, you know, uh, but the, the, uh, I guess pessimism to me is like financially, I can somehow kind of, uh, you know, when we first started on streets, I could, I could see how seven through 12th grade could work, right? Financially. Mm-hmm. But if you'd have told me to do K through 12, I'd be like, there's no way you could have a $2 million budget in Greenwood, Mississippi, right? And so now I'm at a place where like, you know, could we generate $2 million every year? Uh, there's a possibility, right? Uh, and, and, but then to do $2 million a year in Belzona, in Indianola, and Clarksdale, in my mind is just outrageous. But like, uh, the cool part is, is like, that's just yet to be determined, see what God does, you know? I wouldn't, I wouldn't count against you. <laughs> I know that much. So, I don't know what I'm counting against me on that one. So, you're awesome for giving me time during the day. So uh, thanks for being on this. And 
Oh man, thank you. Again, really proud of you and just really in awe of everything that's been going for so long. Um, so thank you. Oh no, thank you. I, I- Thank you so much for listening to the Coaching Doc Podcast. We know there are a lot of podcasts out there, so we're grateful that you chose us. If you'd like to learn more about the work that we do, please visit our website, www.coachingdoc.com.